2: Yeah. Uh, let me get my my uh, headset on just a second. Not a
1: problem. Not a problem. I believe IQ has joined us. IQ, can you hear me, my friend? Yes. Uh, I am here as usual. Okay. Well, our guest is getting his headset on. He's going to connect with us here in just a few seconds. And uh, we are going to try to get Dan Perkins in here as well. And uh, I believe Dan has joined uh, us.
2: Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned wanting to be on Skype. Is this a, well? Is this actually,
1: okay? I've I've got you, my friend. We, we've got our guests on Skype. I've got you on the phone. We've got everybody connected. When you get your headset connected, let me know, and we'll begin the program here. I'm on. Okay, well, I'm we have in. got a great guest with us today. He has uh, been on our broadcast many times in the past, Dr. L- Larry Fedwa, and uh, he is a fantastic, fantastic individual. He's going to join us here for our first half of our radio program today and then in our second half we're going to be talking to Karen Lugo, and um, the Dr. Larry Show is available via telephone at 646-929-0130, or you can get his columns, his writings, his appearances, everything else at drlarryonline.com. Also podcasts of every program are available at the Bachelor Pad Network on tunein.com, following the Dynelson file on the recording, recoding, and uh, of course, Uh, Dr. Larry Fedwa joins us on the line. Well, Doctor, you wrote a piece fairly recently about the Kavanaugh case. It was entitled, The Kavanaugh Case, Food for Thought, Justice is Blind. Tell us about this case, and I know that Dan and IQ are going to have some questions for you. So jump in there, my friend. Tell us all about it.
2: Well, um, in the first place, I thought it was interesting to note, since a lot of people don't remember... Uh, they're too young to remember 1987 and 1991 when uh, the uh, Democrats had that's when they started this whole smear the uh, candidate uh, idea it started with uh, Robert Bork uh, when he was nominated by uh, President Reagan uh, in 1987 he was he was a well-known uh, judge and um, well well qualified but he was known also as a conservative and um, joseph well within forty five minutes of his nomination uh... senator edward kennedy uh... democrat of uh, massachusetts uh... took the floor of the senate and spent about an hour with the um, with a a series of really, really uh, terrible indictments about uh, about Mr. Bork. And uh, the chairman of the um, Senate Judiciary Committee at the time was uh, Joseph Biden. and um, so he held <clears throat> he held a hearing, and uh, it was very, very hostile to the point where uh, judge Bork withdrew because he just wasn't expecting anything like that, and um, so then uh, in 19, 1991, the um, uh, president, the first President Bush, nominated uh, Clarence Thomas, who was a uh, judge, a federal judge at the time. Uh, not as experienced as uh, as many others, but he was a conservative black uh, jurist. And um, he was likewise uh, uh, subjected to uh, a very uh, hostile hearing. And then toward the end of the, uh, when they were on the, um, after he was finished and they were on the, uh, the uh, character witnesses uh... suddenly there appeared a um, attractive young black uh... law professor by the name of anita hill who uh, went into a uh, very uh, detailed and uh... and uh... quite disturbing uh, lecture on uh, uh... testimony against uh... hill against uh, clarence thomas uh, alleging that he had had uh, that he had performed uh, uh, welcome sexual overtures to her when they worked together about ten years earlier, and uh, so then he uh, came back and uh, addressed the committee, and it was both of these testimonies for the first time were nationally televised. So. It suddenly became a big national issue, as uh, as the uh, Kavanaugh thing did, um, and uh, he he, um, he he did did had a very memorable response. And his key uh, f- the key sentence was that um, he considered the uh, treatment he was receiving as uh, a high tech lynching of an uppity nigger. Who uh, was uh, aspiring above his station, and um, he ultimately was confirmed, but it was a straight party line, and the Republicans at the time had the Senate, so he uh, he got a 52-48 um, vote. So those were those were precedents uh, for the, uh, the kind of thing that we saw uh, with the um, with the. Um, uh, Kavanaugh hearing. My my underlying point was that why is why are the Democrats so uh, uh, almost uncontrollably uh, hostile to uh, regionalist uh, uh, juries jurists? And um, it it seems it seems pretty obvious that the reason is because they simply don't uh, believe in uh, in the constitution as a um, as a uh, document that needs to be uh, interpreted uh, as intended uh because uh, they feel that uh, the world has changed uh, significantly and um, therefore anything that was written in the 18th century is uh, automatically outdated and should be replaced and of course we're seeing that particularly in regard to uh, the electoral college and uh, and some of the other some of the uh, the whole issue of privacy as it relates to abortion and so on. Um, so I, um, I I then concluded this is a fairly long um, declaration here, <laughs> but. Uh, uh basically um, i wanted to make it known that i believe that uh the constitution is really the foundation on which we have built uh the greatest uh, country in the history of the world and um, it is not early uh for our uh that it tells us the country as it is it tells us the country as we want it to be and as we keep trying to make it we've been working for 250 years to um achieve the ideals of uh equality of opportunity and and equality before the law and so on we haven't entirely uh in my estimation we haven't entirely um uh, uh, accomplish those those goals, but they're certainly worth it, worth trying to uh, to keep, and and therefore I am a very pro-constitution. So that is my that's my statement.
1: Well, IQ, listening to all this, Dan, uh, I know you guys got some questions for our guest here. Do you want
2: to go
0: to IQ
3: first? I'm a constitutionalist, but I'm an outsider. I love the Constitution, and it's the basis of the Republic. And without the Constitution, this is exactly what the Democrats are. The Democrats are now the globalists. Globalists do not believe in nationalism. They do not believe in patriotism. They believe that everybody is equal. They believe that everybody should have the same piece of the pie. But if you have all the same piece of the pie, there will be no pie left. Matthew, done.
0: Well, I, I would like to follow up uh, on a couple of things. Um, one, um, the, the the meaning of Clarence Thomas pales to the attack on Judge Kavanaugh. The, the unsubstantiation allegations where Charles Schumer, the minority leader of the Senate, said just because there were allegation he should recuse himself see clarence thomas wasn't told that the due process provision of being uh, innocent until proven guilty was in question during his nomination um mazeo from Cal- from uh, hawaii said that he's not entitled to the due process he's not entitled to be innocent until proven guilty he will be guilty until he can prove his innocence. Um, So there's a lot of difference, a a lot of difference between. But the real issue that I see, why the Democrats made such asinine fools of themselves in that second hearing, is because they realized for most of the last 40 years they could not get their agenda advanced by the legislative process. They got it advanced by the courts. And as a result, what they saw is the appointment of Judge Kavanaugh created a situation where their ability to change the direction of the the country, not by the constitutional process of legislation, but... Uh, through the process of using the court to legislate from the bench. Now, I, I would say to your, to your, to our guest, um, two questions, because these two questions are representational of why this country is so divided. We claim that we have a representative form of government. I suggest to you, we have not had a representative form of government for over forty years. And there are people, and I've written commentary on this, there are people who say, but damn, we have, we've got a midterm election coming. True. But I would ask, uh, not intended to embarrass our guest, can he cite the bill number from either the House or the Senate that represented Roe versus Wade?
2: Can I give you the um, the title of the case?
0: No I'm, no, I'm asking you. Do you know what the bill number from the House or from the Senate that was passed by the Congress and signed by the President to allow Roe v.ersus Wade to happen? There is none.
2: Well, I, I, I don't. I don't. There wasn't any legislation. Okay. Per se. Point
0: two. Now. Point two. When we had the Supreme Court on a 5-4 to four decision, they decided to define marriage. Was there any legislation passed by the Congress, signed by the President, enacted that defined marriage?
2: No, there was not.
0: So how can you have a representative form of government if the representatives of the people do not have the opportunity to vote on legislation representing the interests of the people. You don't. And the Democrats, I say this because the Democrats have ruled, not through the legislative process under the Constitution, but through the judicial process of appointing people to the courts, plural, who are liberal and and are not strict constructionists in interpreting the Constitution. So what happened with Judge Kavanaugh is they were very concerned because he's replacing Justice Kennedy, who was 75% of the time conservative, 25% of the time liberal. The belief is that Judge Kavanaugh is 100% liberal. And that Donald Trump, if he is re-elected in 2020, will most likely have... The ability to appoint two more justices to the Supreme Court, one a replacement for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and Clarence Thomas will retire, after, in my opinion, after she is replaced, so that the court will be 6-3. And they could not, they had to do everything they possibly could to try and prevent that, because it represented a major destruction of their power.
2: Well, I think that I think that uh, that's that's certainly a a, a popular interpretation. Um, I think that it, and I and I think it's relatively true. I I also think, however, that that the um, basic issue of uh, representative democracy is is uh, is that of the uh, of the electorate and the more. I mean, if the if the Democrats had won this last election, uh, that would have been three in a row. They would have, by this time, have had uh, uh, the control of the courts. And I and I believe that I think we're I don't think we're disagreeing. I think that, but I do think that the uh, uh, feeling that the uh, Constitution is irrelevant is uh, certainly. Um, uh, encompasses more than simply these two issues. I, I think it really has to do with with a, a whole different philosophy of what uh, what society is all about and what the American America is all about. You mentioned being a glo- uh, the other gentleman mentioned being a globalist. I think that is. I think that uh, to some extent is true. Um, the but I think we would see. Uh, If we had a uh, uh, Democrat-dominated Supreme Court, we would be seeing uh, drastic changes in the in the the, uh, constitution. In fact, I think uh, we would see the end of um, the end of the uh, uh, the various the 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 type of uh, uh, the electoral college and and uh, and the idea that two senators from every every um, uh, state no matter how small or how big i think all of these things uh... would be uh... subject to change over a period of time and i, don't... I really think that i really think that the that the uh, basis for uh... trying to do a representative uh... distribution of the legislative uh... people the legislative um, uh, bodies in in the federal government um, I, I'm personally, I think that's that. thing I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I, I I don't think that it, I think if we uh, allowed our country to be dominated by the two coasts, which is what would happen if we didn't have the electoral college, mm-hmm. uh, we would find a lot of people that were um, objecting to a lot more than uh, than simply these two issues.
0: Yeah, but I I use those two issues as an example. Let me give you another example. Look at all the the regulations that were implemented by the Obama administration that were in fact done and enforceable as law, but the Congress never voted on them. The bureaucrats decided we're going to do this and they simply wrote the regulations and did what they wanted to do. My point is that there are ways ways in which you control the activities of people. One is through the constitutional legislative process One is through the judiciary, and one is by the bureaucracy of the administration in and of itself. And I think the combination of the judiciary and the bureaucracy of the administration had put ourselves in a perilously close uh, collapse, potential collapse, had Hillary Clinton been elected to the end of democracy in the United States as we know
2: it. I think there's a lot of truth to that.
1: Now, IQ, uh, listening to all this, what, what 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 kind of questions do you have, Larry, in the amount of time that we still have him here?
3: Well, I don't have any questions because I agree with both of them. <laughs> it's a fact. Look, they are trying to destroy the republic. I mean, you don't need to be a genius to figure that one out. Everything that Obama did, everything that Hillary Clinton has been doing, is literally to undermine the Constitution, you're not going to have a republic. You are not going to have a republic, you're going to have a banana republic. Not a, a republic as the United States of America. This is the beauty of it. When you have two senators for every state, everybody is equal, doesn't matter how what the size is. Otherwise, as the gentleman said, between New York and California, they would rule the, the roost. Nobody else could any vote. No. I agree with both of them. There are no questions, really. All I can add is I hope enough Americans will wake up in the next three weeks to go and vote every Democrat out. I can't think of anything else. Back to you.
0: I'd like to, in a, in a few moments we have left, I'd like to have the guests tell us what he thinks about what's going to happen in the in the midterms.
2: Well, I don't have any better information than anybody else, but I, I like like a lot of people, I, I certainly don't agree with with the, uh, I don't trust the polls. And if, if you don't trust the polls, then uh, I think you are free to start thinking that uh, instead of a blue wave, we may have a red wave. And um, I think that the from all I hear, the Senate, it's pretty uh, pretty likely to to increase uh, the Republican um, uh, dominance, and and the question, of course, is the House. Um, I, from what I'm hearing and what I think is probably uh, accurate, uh, there will be a slender majority either way. It may it may go Democrat or Republican, but it's not going to be an overwhelming. Uh, uh, majority on uh, on either side, which do means th- they may have to do a little more horse trading.
0: Do you think that the the way Judge Kavanaugh was treated will have an impact on the voters in the election?
2: I do. I think that it woke up a lot of uh, a lot of people that weren't paying very much attention.
0: And well, and that'll have an influence on the election.
2: I do. Would you I, be? I,
0: would you be surprised if the Democrats actually lost seats in the house?
2: No, I wouldn't be. In fact, a lot of the the um contests that uh, that were considered uh simply uh no essentially no contest for the Democrats are now considered uh tight tight races, which it's kind of consoling to anybody who wants the uh <laughs> the Republicans to win. So I no, I think I think it's a good possibility that that the Republicans will, will retain the House.
0: And 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 expand their majority?
2: That I would be I would that would surprise me.
0: So it would be uh no, no gain, no loss is what you what you think might happen.
2: Um, I'm I'm not I'm not a good forecaster on this, but uh, from what I understand, uh, the there are enough tight races in the uh, in the house that uh, there there would be uh, the that the Republicans will lose some seats, but they may not lose the majority.
0: There are people that are now saying that. When Donald Trump won the presidency in 2016, his support in the black community was about 8%. There's some recent polling data that suggests that Donald Trump's um, favorability rating and and approval rating in endorsement in the black community may be pushing towards 40%. Is that gonna have an influence on the election?
2: Yeah, that would make a lot of difference.
0: And labor seems to be very vacillating about what they want us who they want to support, because of all the jobs that President Trump has already brought to the country. In fact, the head of the AFL-CIO, the largest union, said that he was not ruling out the possibility of the AFL-CIO endorsing Donald Trump for president in 2020.
2: Well, that that would that that that's not entirely uh, unprecedented as you know uh yep. because of the uh the, that's what Reagan did He had the so-called Reagan Democrats right so do you think
0: that the, the 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 severe movement to the left by the democratic party has alienated the traditional middle of the road democratic base
2: yeah i do at, at least at least those that are paying attention I, you know, I did a, I did a study um, back when this whole thing was starting in uh, 20, 2015 about of <clears throat> how many people do not um, have not been voting, and it was it was amazing. In fact, I predicted at the time that s- since um, there were only about fifty five to sixty percent of uh, eligible adults that that actually voted in uh... prior uh, presidential elections that if anybody could figure out how to get that extra twenty or thirty percent of people that are eligible but but had been non-voters uh... Could, somebody could mobilize them that they, that they could take over american politics i had no idea at the time that uh... That donald trump was going to be able to do that but um, i think that's exactly what happened yeah, there are people who say that Donald Trump, that the 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 pundits on election night created a new racial
0: slur. They call them um, white, non-college-educated males, is who why Hillary Clinton lost, and now the Democrats have added to that to that white suburban women, and there's there's a lot of polling data that um, that shows uh that um uh, a lot of suburban women are very concerned about all the stuff that went on with judge Kavanaugh affecting their sons, their husbands, their brothers and their fathers with these charges.
2: Yeah, I think I've seen that I've seen that data. The the um Oh well, well I just hope it's true <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's hard to, awfully hard to predict. I mean, uh, you know, polls are just so screwed up lately. Rasmussen seems to be the only one that may have a uh, have a bit of a better hold on uh, on on who to talk to to find out, you know, what um, what people think. Because uh, for the most part, for traditionally, you know, they've always they always done registered voters, and then they. They j- jury they jig it to uh, so-called majorities, and it turns out that most of the majorities in the pollsters' minds uh, are Democrats. Right. So they end up they end up with uh, more registered Democrats than Republicans, and and it turns out that the polls are always pretty favorable to the Democrats. Surprise, surprise. But you know now that that ever since uh 2016 that that really doesn't hold anymore so and a lot of them haven't really changed their their um even fox hasn't changed their their uh methodology very much right so it's it's, it's awfully hard to 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 figure out what's true and what isn't
1: right well uh Dr. Fedwa, I appreciate you making time for us today. We've got to get to our next guest. We're going to take a uh, brief timeout. Um, IQ and Dan will be back with us after our break. And uh, Dr. Fedwa, it was an honor once again to
2: speak to you, my friend. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Definitely. Thank you, thank you all.
1: And uh, we are going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we've got more coming up on the other side.